Good morning. How's everybody doing? Happy Labor Day weekend. Is everyone enjoying it so far? Anyone able to catch college football yesterday? My season's already over before it started. Oklahoma lost. I am not bitter about it. I just cried for a couple of hours. But it's a good day today because today is the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are so glad that you guys are here and have decided to come and join us. Welcome teacher, teachers and students. Uh, we're so glad that you guys are here to join us. Um, we got an awesome message today. Um, it's called The Atmosphere is Changing. Now, I'm not even going to pretend for a second that I'm a weatherman or that I know anything about science or the atmosphere or anything like that, but what I am very good at is researching on Google. So I typed in what the atmosphere is, and what we do know is the atmosphere affects the weather. It affects whether it is going to rain or be sunny, whether it is going to uh, snow or, or be dry, whether it's going to be hot or cold. The atmosphere affects the weather. And the weather affects every single one of us. Uh, it affects whether we are going to be able to go outside and do yard work or whether we're going to have to stay inside, whether we're going to have to shovel snow or whether we're going to be uh, extremely hot. Um, you know, weather uh, affects everything that we do. It affects our traveling. It affects whether we're going to be in school uh, or whether we're not for a snow day. Uh, it affects um, really just every single aspect of life. So can we all agree that weather does impact us? Well, the whole thing about uh, that is some of you actually probably are already wondering, why in the world is this guy talking about weather and atmospheres? Uh, but I do have a point uh, where the state of the Earth's atmosphere affects the weather. Uh, have you ever thought about the fact that we affect the people around us and the environments around us through our words and our actions in the same way that the atmosphere affects the weather? You know, are you feeling me? The, the words that we speak, the actions that we, that we make, the, the choices that we make all affect our environments, our interactions, and our relationships. You know, we bring an atmosphere, and, and the question is, are, are we bringing an atmosphere of love or are we bringing an atmosphere of hate? Are we bringing an atmosphere that is speaking words of life? Or are we bringing an atmosphere that is speaking words of death? Students, are you uh, bringing kindness into your schools? Or are you bringing judgment? Teachers, are you bringing encouragement? Or are you bringing discouragement? Mothers and fathers, are you bringing grace and understanding to your kids? Or, or are you bringing frustration and annoyance? Now, spouses, are you bringing patience and respect into the marriage, or are you bringing uh, anger and pride? You know, you see, we enter into numerous environments on a daily basis, from our homes to our schools, uh, to the workplace, to, to social settings like the grocery store and the mall. In every environment we enter, we have an effect on it. It may be on a large scale or it may be on a small scale, but every single environment we enter, we have an effect on and the choice is, what will that effect be? You know, let's uh, go to Matthew 5 this morning. We're going to look at verses 14 through 16. You can either, you know, look in your Bibles, in your apps, or you can follow with us on the screen. And, 
And we're in a portion of scripture where uh, Jesus is giving his famous uh, Sermon on the Mount. You know, he's just given uh, the Beatitudes where he kind of lays this foundational uh, blueprint of what the character of the people of God should look like. And so right after he gives a description of those qualities, uh, he says this, and that's right where we'll pick up in our scripture. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This means that if I claim that I am a Christian, Jesus commands me to let my light shine in every single environment to every person so that they may meet Jesus and come to know him and praise him through the way I live in love. Now, this doesn't mean to make myself look good by attempting to do good things so that others will think that I'm a good person. Because you see, we can't be good by ourselves. We aren't good even on our best days. That's why we need Jesus. But the problem with the world is that we're constantly comparing ourselves to the, well, I'm better than that person. So we think that we're good, but it, the reality is we cannot be good. God is the only perfect good father. And so therefore, uh, that's what makes the gospel even greater is that I get to come to him with my filthy rags and, and all of my stuff. And in return, he gives me his glory. You know, he gives me his righteousness, you know, so that uh, really when I'm in relationship with Jesus, I'm able to, to reach someone that is hurting, that is lost, that is broken, not in my own power, not in my own goodness, but in the true goodness that can only come from Jesus. And the closer you get to Jesus, you start to realize just how good God is and just how bad we really are. But that is the amazing thing is God wants to use us broken people to be able to reach broken people through his goodness and his glory that we have found in him. Amen. Understand what, I, what I'm saying with that? And so that's the amazing thing. We all have victory in Christ and through him, we shine those lights. Let's look at it in the, the message. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. If we're going, we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. You know, we are called to be bold with our faith, visible with our faith, unashamed, not shy, but letting it shine. We're called to be vessels for God to change the atmosphere of our world, bringing light to the darkness, hope to the hopeless, life to those who are empty and broken. But what does this look like? You know, how do we do this? This morning, our goal is to answer those questions and maybe even answer some other ones along the way. So we're going to focus on three keys to changing the atmosphere. The first one, plant seeds. Did any of you watch the uh, NFL Hall of Fame ceremony last month? Anyone? Okay, a couple of you, a couple of you. I had to because I'm a major Brett Favre fan. He's the reason I grew up liking the Packers. And so I, I had to hear what uh, his speech was all going to be about. And it was very interesting, I must say. Typical Brett Favre. But I ended up watching a couple of other inductees and and their message uh, within their speeches were all kind of the same. There was kind of this 
this constant theme running through them all. And that is each player didn't just speak of one person uh, impacting their life or one person getting them to where they were at. They spoke of all these different people along the way in their lives that that encouraged them, that that uh, whether it was a coach, a teacher, a parent, a friend, someone that was just there to listen, someone that was just there to speak one word or give them one chance, one opportunity. You know, it was a village that it took to get them to the pinnacle of their career. You know, let's take the, a look at this in our own lives. You know, I'm sure many of us throughout life uh, can point to people that have had positive impacts on us. You know, people that help to direct our path or, or have contributed to where we are today. You know, what's even greater are the people that have helped in leading us to the Lord if we are a Christian because the impact that they made goes far beyond this life. It's, it's eternal. But you see, there's also a flip side to that equation as well. You know, there's also those people that I guarantee we can kind of think back to that maybe hurt us that maybe uh, bullied us or that maybe wronged us or that maybe let us down. And so those same people that affected us negatively, you know, had a negative impact. And, you know, every day in every interaction, we plant seeds, whether they're positive or whether they're negative. You know, we have a choice. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let's look at it in the message really quick. It'll break it down a little bit more. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, is ignoring God. Harvests a crop of weeds. And he'll have to show for his life as weeds. But the one who plants in response to God harvests a crop of eternal life. Here's the deal. We plant two kinds of seeds. Yes, we plant good and bad seeds, but there are the seeds that we allow to be planted in ourselves. And there are the seeds that we then plant in others. I'll repeat that again. There are seeds that we allow to be planted in us. And there are seeds that we plant in others. You see, we won't be able to effectively plant good seeds in people unless we allow God to plant good seeds in us first. You see, we have to evaluate our own lives and see what bad seeds we are sowing in ourselves. You see, if I'm allowing trash into my life, I can't be surprised when it starts to stink. You know, I, I'm not... If I'm not filtering what I'm putting on my television screen, if I'm not filtering the, the music that I'm listening to or the conversations I'm engaging in with others or, or uh, the places that I go to hang out or the people that I'm allowing to have influence of my life, you know, I can't be surprised when the weeds start to grow in my life. You see, how can we influence the world for God if the world is influencing us more? If the world is influencing our choices and interactions. See, it's just like the video spoke of at the beginning that it's brokenness influencing brokenness, which breeds more brokenness. You see, which leads me to say this. Some of us may have bad seeds that we need to uproot because of choices that we made, decisions that we've made. Or maybe we have some seeds that have grown in us because of what others have done 
the bad seeds that others have sowed in us. And see, the cool thing is God can uproot that stuff, and he can work that stuff together for good, but you got to surrender it to him. And you might not think, you know what, these things that have happened to me, these, these things, you know what, it, it doesn't affect me. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, those seeds do affect you. The beautiful thing is he will trade your brokenness and hurt for his peace and restoration. And there's nothing greater. We just have to allow him to do it. So when we are allowing God to be the seed planter in our own hearts, the Holy Spirit will work through us. And he'll be able to sow these seeds into others. Look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, these are the seeds that need to be planted and growing in us. And they come from the Lord. So if we're allowing other things into our lives, if we're pursuing other things, then those seeds will be weeds. But if we are pursuing God, then these things are what will follow. And therefore, we'll then be able to give these to others. See, sometimes we, uh, you know, sometimes when we are trying to make an impact or when we are trying to, to really positively influence someone you know sometimes it, it will lead to to frustration you know and that's kind of this next point that i want to talk about that in order to effectively change the atmosphere we have to have a patient persistence see we're a results driven society I, I put something into the microwave and it takes two minutes and i get completely frustrated like you are taking forever hot pocket you know what i mean like we want it and we want it now you know, we need that instant gratification. And if we aren't care careful, we can approach people this exact same way. You know, uh, if we share Jesus with someone, sometimes we have this tendency to want to see them accept him right then and there. Or, or we want to see someone completely transformed right then and there. Or we want to see someone go from, do a complete 180 and be transformed. And, and God can do that instantaneously. But more often than not, it's a process. See, those NFL Hall of Famers, uh, they didn't become a Hall of Famer overnight. That was a process. You know, some of us, most of us, didn't become believers overnight. It was a process. You know, and it's a process that we need to be patiently persistent with. You know, I'm going to share a story. My two-year-old son, one of his favorite things in the world to do is to run into the kitchen we turn our backs for five seconds. He will run into the kitchen. He will have every single pot and pan pulled out, set up, ready for his drum solo, and he will go to town. I mean, this kid is fast. And we were like, we have to do something about this. So we strategically bought a whole bunch of gates, and we set it up in our living room, made him a nice little play area to keep him out of the kitchen and to keep him away from all the breakable stuff. And when we did it, he goes to the gates, he's shaking them, he's trying to figure out how to get through, and he can't. My wife and I are sitting there high-fiving each other because we just conquered the two-year-old. And, and, you know, and he, we were happy. We were good to go. But here's the thing. So he, he, for days, tried to figure out how to break through this, and he just couldn't. Weeks went on, and he still couldn't figure out to do it. Then one day, this persistent little kid shook the gate as hard as he can. That thing just popped open, and he ran into the dining room and proclaimed 
his victory by standing on top of the dining room table. This kid, we, we, what could we do? So, you know what? We brought him back in. We rigged it all up. See, we paid for this gate, and we are the ones having to rig it. So we rigged it all up, and again, we we're like, all right, finally safe, finally settled. And that's when he discovered that he can move living room furniture and use that as a stepping stool to then climb. So this kid can't be defeated, but I say all of this because he was patient and he was persistent, and he saw the fruit of that patience and that persistence. You see, it's easy to get frustrated when we don't see people changing or our environment changing. You know, it's easy to question whether we are making a difference in this world. You know, it's easy to doubt, is things ever going to get better in our schools? Is things ever going to get better in our community or our nation? You know, are we ever going to see our marriages get healthier or our children turn and move for the better? Or is our job ever going to get better? Now, especially when these things aren't going the way that we really desire them to. But we are told to not grow weary in doing good. Look at what Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Students, the enemy is going to battle you in this. He will try to convince you that it would be so much easier if you just followed the crowd. It would be, you know what, why go through all the pain and the heartache and the ridicule? Nothing's ever going to be different. But I am here to attest to that. Do not believe that for one second. The, the enemy wants nothing more than to get you down that path. But guess what? God wants to use you in your schools to make a difference for him, and it will never be in vain. God is for you, and he is with you, and his approval is far greater than anything your classmates will give you. Teachers, the enemy is going to test you in this too. He's going to test you and he's going to try to convince you, you know what, these students are just too hard. These, you're not making an impact in these students' lives. You're not making a difference. But again, I want to tell you that that is a lie because God has called you to do exactly what you are doing, to be a light in that school, to impart light into those students because they might not be getting it at home. So you have that opportunity every single day and you are making a difference. Nothing is in vain. Be patient, be persistent, and know that it will bear fruit. You know, the whole thing is, though, I had such a hard time with this. You know, I struggled so much with offense, with getting offended. You know, we deal with hard people on a day-to-day -day basis in life, don't we? You know, sometimes there are just people that will test that patience and that persistence. You know, I would get so offended if a waiter got an attitude with me. You know, I would get offended if, a, if someone was impatient with me or if someone was not considerate of the fact that the light was green and they had about this much space all the way to that back wall and they were going just fast enough to where they were going to make it through the green light, but I was going to be stuck at the red light. I know y'all got mad at that too. I know every single one of you did. And here's the thing, if that hasn't bothered you, you're probably the one doing it. You know, but I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But look, maybe you don't get offended by small stuff like that, but maybe you do get offended if someone says something negative about you or if someone ridicules you or if someone doesn't like you. And while those things may not be right, we need to start seeing people as people. 
and our, their actions are a result of what they're being led by. See, brokenness not dealt with breeds brokenness. You know, hurt that gets buried and in deep inside of us breeds more hurt. See, our actions come from the condition of our hearts and what is ruling them. You know, our war isn't with people. Our war isn't against flesh and blood. Our war is with the enemy. See, students, a bully is the result of insecurity and pride and fear and brokenness because the enemy has convinced them that the only way that they are going to get self-fulfillment and self-gratification is by putting others down. When the reality is, they need Jesus. The reality is that, that they need to understand that Jesus is the identifier and the definer of their worth. And he says that they were worth dying for. Teachers, a, a hard student is the result of fear and hurt because the enemy has convinced them that they can't possibly amount to anything. They need Jesus because God says that I know the plans that I have for them. See, married people in the house, your, your spouse may be treating you with anger, but I have a hunch that that might be the result of some undealt with pain or undealt with hurt that was either caused by someone else or, or caused even maybe necessarily by you. And the enemy has convinced them that the only way that, that they can deal with it is to just keep it bottled up and just pushing everything down. When the reality is Jesus wants to bring healing and restoration. They need Jesus in that. You see, parents, that hard kid that might be rebelling and pushing you away, that's a result maybe from loneliness and depression that they are feeling, insecurity that they're feeling because the enemy has convinced them that, you know what, this is how it's always going to be. You're not going to amount to anything. No one understands you. They need Jesus. They need to know that God is for them. And when God is for them, nothing can be against them and that he will bind up all of their wounds. See, we need to shine love and brokenness. We have to understand that in all these situations, in all these circumstances, dealing with all these people, it's not the people. It's the hurt, it's the pain, it's the influence that they've had in those situations and in those areas. They aren't the enemy, Satan is. But guess what? He's already been defeated by the one that we bring to the fight. See, church, we can't grow weary in this faith and in this fight. The Holy Spirit will equip us. He will empower us. We just have to go and be available for him to shine through. Don't grow weary in doing good. Be patient and be persistent. Lastly, and most importantly, in order to change the atmosphere, we must pursue the Holy Spirit. See, the biggest thing that we need to understand that trounces everything that I've said is that we need the Holy Spirit. We want to see the atmosphere change. We need to pursue the Holy Spirit. Look at John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5 with me. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now let's look at it in the message. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, 
but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. You know, if we want to see those good seeds producing those fruits of the Spirit, we need to be rooted in Jesus and pursuing the Holy Spirit. You know, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, we have access to his power. We have access to his freedom, to his healing, to his presence, and so on. God hasn't just called us to, to reach people. He's called us to, he has equipped us in order to reach those people through his spirit. See, many of us think that we can't change the atmosphere of our workplace, of our schools, or, or of our community or nation because we either think that it has to be done in our own strength or in our own power, which will only get us so far, or we think we can't do anything, period, so we don't even bother. See, when we see things through this lens, we immediately limit what the Holy Spirit can do in and through us. Instead, we just let life in our environments and the people around us dictate everything, and we just accept the status quo. But to that, the Bible says that as a man thinks, therefore he is. If you think you can't do anything to change the environment, you won't. If you think God won't work through you, then he won't because you've closed yourself off. But I'm here to tell you that not only can God work through you if you allow him, but he wants to work through you. He wants to change the atmosphere in your school, in your workplace, in your home, in your marriages, within your families. And he has given us his spirit to accomplish it. You know, we say that they are taking Jesus out of the schools. Uh, they are taking God out of the nation. We have to be politically correct in the workplace. But the truth is they can't take God out of anything because they haven't taken us out of anything. They have tried to take Jesus out of China, and China is the largest church in the world. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit is on the scene. So it's time that we start pursuing the Holy Spirit and be a city on a hill, a light on a lampstand, making the name of Jesus famous through the way that we love and live and serve others. Let's be living examples of the gospel in our homes. Let's be living examples in the workplace and in our schools and in our interactions at the store and the restaurants. Let's be committed to being the real, authentic body of Christ that our world and our environments will be so blinded by the light that we bring that they will come running to the arms of Jesus. Let's stop coming to church just to, to have a pep rally and never make it out onto the field. Let's leave here as sons and daughters of Christ, walking empowered, ready to change our atmospheres, ready to change our environment. Church, the atmosphere is changing, and we need to be the vessels for it. See, my school might be full of bullies, but you know what? I'm bringing the light of God to it, so the atmosphere is changing. You know what? My classroom might be full of difficult kids who are hurting and broken, but I'm bringing the light of God to it. So the atmosphere is changing. You know what? My marriage might be struggling, but I'm bringing the light of God to it. So the atmosphere is changing. In the workplace, bring the light of God with you and proclaim that atmosphere is changing. Let's bring the hope that the world needs. Let's be the light of Jesus in these environments and watch what God will do through it. So I want to do something right now. 
you know, because we are honoring students and teachers this weekend, uh, I want us as a church to pray over our students and our teachers that are here this morning. So if you're a student or a teacher, if you don't mind, could you uh, make your way to the front of the stage? And we can all stand for this. And, you know, these kids and these teachers are entering a, a brand new school year. Within that school year is a ton of possibility. Within that school year is a ton of possibility. And I believe that God, teachers and students, wants to use you so mightily. You have the opportunity every single day to be the influencers, not the ones that are influenced. You have the ability to make a change in the lives of those around you. And we as a church believe in you so much. We as a church want to support you. But more than anything, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to empower every single one of you to go off and truly have the greatest year yet. More than it, you'll have uh, the fun that comes along with just being back around your friends and and yes, learning can be fun. You know, I believe that this year is going to be the best year yet because of what God is going to do in and through you in your schools. And so I'm going to have Pastor Jason right now pray over you. But I want us as a church that are standing right now and supporting them to really just put our hands towards them and pray over them as well. Just call God to move in and through their lives. And let's let them know how much we believe in them and how much we support them and how much we know that our world is going to be transformed and changed too through this next generation and through the teachers that empower them to change it. Amen? All right, Pastor, you play for us. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. And these students and these teachers that are down here that before your altar, Father, they're here surrendering and willing to step out into a new year you know they it's not january 1st new year but it's a new school year and there's new challenges they're going to be they're faced with the world just is constantly changing and they have to learn to adapt and overcome it in so many different ways lord but i ask right now that you just protect them and guide them with the wisdom to be able to to maneuver through the hallways and in the classrooms Lord, would you be with these teachers that would help these students and guide them as they're raising them up to be the future leaders of our nation? The, the world changes with them, and we need to empower them to do so. So be with our teachers, be with our administrators, and be with all those involved in their homeschool, homeschool teachers, all of them. They they're, have the influence over this generation. Empower them and be with them. Encourage them, Father. Let them know that there's a place that cares about them and is praying for them. Lord, I pray that you would just be with the parents as they face the new challenges and how the education system has changed in different ways of, of teaching th certain things as parents might get frustrated in the ways of trying to help their, their child. Help them to just lean in on you and to be patient. Allow them to see that, like your word says, not to, to not allow them to become angered or 
disgruntled, but Lord, to help lead them in love. I pray, Lord, that for our church, that we'd be a church that is continually loving students and teachers and families, that you would just allow us to be able to reach out, that the, the people that are standing here today would be a representation of your love in our community. And for those that are still yet, they're going to be struggling this year, they're going to be looking for hope. Maybe they look at one of these students, one of these teachers, and they would see light and hope, and you would, they would guide them towards you, Father. Lord, we know that we need you back in our schools. And that we can have different things trying to tie our hands from that, Lord. But it's right here, right now, this generation can carry you into those schools, Lord. And you can do more than we can even imagine. So be with them. Be with them as they face these new challenges of this year. Be with us all. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And parents, I challenge you now to, to, to do what we've done for years. We're going to be driving through these school zones. The flashing lights will be on at school time. But take time to pray for your students, your teachers, and the administrators when you're in those school zones. We call it school zone prayer. And, you know, and just start praying those for those, those, those times as we pass through them. And I challenge you to thank you, Rich. So we're going to worship to one more song. And I just want to invite you. Whatever God has spoken to you here this morning, I know whether it's one thing or whether it's another, God is speaking something. And so I just want us to open our hearts during this song. I want us to worship him. I want us to praise him. But whatever God is speaking to you, I just want you to respond. I just want you to prepare your heart for whatever it is that God is speaking to you about. And then after this song, we'll close. But right now, let's just worship. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and move like only he can. Evidence is all. 